Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Playful Podcast, your guide into the underground scene where we discover topics on kink and electronic music every week. Don't forget to subscribe to not miss out on our next episode. We are here today with Paulina, better known as DJ Gigola, who is known for being equally as playful as brave. Gigola won't follow any rules, which is what makes her set so fun. In our conversation, we talk about the club scene and its transformation in Berlin, the keys to her success, and much more. I am Amanda, and this is Playful Podcast. I'm going to a full moon bath on Saturday. Oh, really? What is that? <laughs> to, uh, so this is like a gong bath that is special because it's there's like some cosmic energy. So this is like research I'm doing for my album. Oh. So that's why I'm testing everything out that is sound meditation and sound in a spiritual way. So I have to, like, I feel like before I judge, I try everything. Are you going somewhere new with the new album? So I've been starting to go to yoga at a studio around my, like, around from where I live. And actually a friend engaged me to come with her. And I was, um, I'm actually fascinated by how, like, sound and breath and basically waves work together. This sounds very esoteric, but there is, like, a certain way where I feel like this is from a scientific perspective. It's really interesting and I feel like that's like when I was younger, I hated yoga because I was, I was like, oh, I don't sweat. It doesn't do anything for my body. I'm very stretchy. So I always felt like easy. I can just do a split like this, you know, like. Like you were born doing, doing a split. <laughs> yeah, I was born in a split. <laughs> no, but I've never felt like, oh, because I like when I do sports, I like to run a lot and just like sweat and get the energy out. And for yoga, I always felt like, oh, this is like too calm. But now. I have a lot of energy flow in my life because I'm always on the run, literally. And so I, I wanted to welcome a technique where I can find like calmness and just like relaxation. And so I was like, okay, maybe now I try to look at yoga from a different perspective. I don't try to see it as a sport, but more as a meditation way, like resting my body, arriving in my body and just a basic way of calmness. Mm. And so then I was like, okay, let me start this now and since I'm working, like my idea for my album is basically to combine layers of meditation and sound and breathing work into um, techno. Um, it's like I need to get as much information as I can. So I'm reading a lot. I'm listening to a lot of podcasts. I'm watching a lot of YouTube. I'm 
um, getting a different layer of uh, acoustic research, basically. And then, of course, I'm going to yoga, I think now four times a week, to like, mostly in combination with sound meditation. So yeah, and so this is why I booked this. Um, this was a long story around the moon, full moon sound bath thing. Yeah, but, but it's it's connected to to what we anyway. Yeah, yeah. And I, I call it research. And but it, it's also so uh, like intriguing because it really makes you wonder how the new album is gonna sound. We're yeah, so excited. I mean, I've been very like busy. First of all, it's really like there was COVID, and then there is twenty twenty two, and now everything there's no restrictions anymore so traveling and working is back to normal but then my career has somehow grown over the past year so I get more bookings and I'm just I'm you know like I am booked I don't know three months in advance so if I'm not taking time for myself and blocking weekends off I'm constantly DJing and traveling and I feel sometimes this is really hard when you want to do a profound work on music and like take time in a studio to combine these two and plan ahead. So this is the first time because I was busy with um, my EP. Then I did a collaboration with Public po- with Public Possession that just came out recently. And then also I have like some private stuff I have to work through and work out. And um, now is the first time, like I've been already like thinking a lot about the concept of the album, but now I'm just like fully like, I feel like a sponge. Now I'm soaking everything in that I can to then take time to create the uh, tracks or like, I mean, I have some drafts, but you know, like to get into really the sound design and then I probably can release it in February next year. That's the goal. But I'm just like, right now I could say like, yeah, I want to like, I'm fascinated by ASMR. I'm fascinated about the combination of sound and physique and the body, how like the body um, interacts with sound just when you're alone, but also in a room with people, I find often there's a certain way, sometimes we have to surrender to a, like a greater flow, I believe. And this is, you can do this by music, you can do this by art, by drugs, by sexuality. And I feel like dancing is part of that because I feel like when you're in a club, often when I'm in a yoga studio, it reminds me of being in a club, you know, being there as a dancer because you're around other bodies and you, you're kind of in a physical action and there's music with it. And you react. There's music in your. Is it music in yoga? It was such a long time ago since I. (laughs) There's music. Like every time I'm going to yoga, there's music. But Ah. then, even if you if you just put the breathing that you that happens together, you know, you kind of sync the inhale exhale. So it's like, you know, like this. And when thirty people do it in the same room, it's like a a kick drum in a club. You know, a kick drum in a club or something like this. So this parallel really interests me. And I want to see how I can fuse the idea of the sound that you have in yoga or the sound of the body and fuse it into techno because I kind of want to create an effect where you enhance the the joint club experience, you know, when the bodies are dancing together because I feel like this is a moment that can offer transcendence. Yeah. Now it's not very esoteric. <laughs> but it's just like, I feel like there's something that is beyond just going to a club and dancing to music. And I mean, there's... Lots of things also um, that that are important in a club space mm. or that contribute to the purpose of a club space or of a club night. But I feel personally for me, it's often just there's like I, I, I it's like you reach a different state of mind when you're surrounded by people, even if you're not 
consuming anything. Yeah, it's just like being in the middle of people and sharing an experience that has to do with joy and letting go. Yeah, and also I, I like speaking of, I really believe in like energy fields and that we have it like around us. Yeah. And then when you're together with people, you kind of are in the same sphere. And I also believe, you know, um, in in times where we spend mostly more time in virtual reality than in actual reality, sharing a space physically has be- has become a more important issue because most people withdraw themselves from physical contact and being in big groups of people. It's, this was especially enhanced by COVID and, you know, like um, quarantining a lot. And I feel there is like a desire of people by that isn't like a side effect of being more and more virtual or like mm-hmm. virtually real that we need to reclaim the real physical experience. Yeah, so. it's scary. It was, it, it has been for many yeah. people scary to take the leap. It's just like going back to work after being on vacation. You're like, can I do this? Yeah, <laughs> but also, you know, like when I feel like this is just like something that happens naturally and we don't really think about this. So when you're in the internet, you know, like you communicate virtually, you have like, You know, people see you maybe the first time by a photo of yourself, but they don't really see you. They don't touch you. You have no connection physically to them. And I feel like somehow most insecurities we have are also physically bound. And it's an important experience, I believe, to just be accepted as the person you are in real life. Mm -hmm. So just to show yourself in the way who you are. And I feel virtuality sometimes distorts this natural self of who you are because we feel like we have to objectify ourselves to be more physically you know like better looking better working better networking better this better that status and on the other and i feel like you can tell that this is a trend because on the other hand you have like a for my sense i would call it a neo-romanticism so people escape back to nature they go offline they go on detox retreats like from media and stuff like this there is like this big for me it's like a big left and right positioning is like a separation very mm. binary of I'm I'm just hyper real or I'm hyper virtual you know like mm. my face is also in real life distorted that's how virtual I am on the other hand I show all my flaws in virtuality because that's how real I am where I feel like we need to somehow meet in the middle and I also see that this has kind of increased an in interest in meditation and calming down calming the nerves because I also feel like in the work field people tend to objectify them as a working tool so Mm. instead of like listening to your inner capacity but also like it's a society issue i feel like where we kind of adapt the bodies to um leistung so uh, so we expect people to get uh, a certain workload done and we kind of expect the bodies to adapt to the workload whereas oh, okay. i think we could also adapt the workload to what a, a physic uh, uh, a body is physically capable to do mm-hmm. and then you have people that have weird distorted sleep rhythms and then you have people that are not really well nourished and i feel like this is all like a trend of you know like virtual reality objectification of the body and this is why i find it very interesting to work with the antidotes you know like Mm. to work with this and like kind of fuse it into music yeah so this is why i want to work on the meditation but it's like not really like i want to do like a little club moment but also i want to do a very reduced sound experience but 
I'm still like trying to educate myself about what I'm capable to do because I don't want to do like let in like fake knowledge and you know like do something very like very superficial yeah exactly you want to dig the whole way and this is something that is like yeah it feels like it's going through everything you ever create it feels like you're like not doing anything like trying it out a little bit but getting like involved yeah i feel like this is uh, um this is really like i'm very i would say like i'm a very thorough person which is for most of my friends really annoying and i mean like i already was this in school i never wanted to know why you say um I don't know in Spanish if you ask how how are you como estás I wanted to know why is that a como why is that estás why do you use it like this why is it in other languages like that so I kind of love to get to the core of things and I I love the core and forming essences I also have a big knack for for grammar I I like biochemistry because it's a reduction into formulas and I'm just like a bit weird with numbers but this is like a super nerd. Yeah. Like Love somehow it. I'm really nerdy, but somehow I'm, I'm exactly both like sides. It. Are you like a twin? No, I'm Aquarius. Aquarius. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just like free floating, you know? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah uh, but uh, it's like the same. Um, it's like the same. It's like both is earth or something. No, oh, it's, like, it's like air. Both is air science. Air. air. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm Aquarius. Okay. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, it gives me like also some Gemini energy. But yeah, but you know, there's all these different risings that I don't really, I cannot really grasp. But there's like sun rising or moon rising or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then so I have no knows. Gemini. No, okay, in, okay. No, no, no. <laughs> I know. Checked it but out. I'm like now. I'm like first. I talk about meditation. I talk about star signs. Give me yeah. a very uh, esoteric side. But actually, I feel like the the this like the split part inside of me comes from exploring both sides more my scientific side and as well as my creative side and they both work kind of differently but they both make me the person who I am Mm. I feel like this gives me sometimes like some split twin moments yeah but to get to go back a little bit with your more so physical history you are born in Berlin or you always lived in Berlin And you also did this podcast about the clubs during lockdown and uh, yeah about the clubs. And I just I'm super curious about like since you are you've been going to the clubs as a teenager and now you're playing there. What's your view on like the whole club scene in Berlin and how it's been changing? <sighs> I mean, like I feel first of all, I feel very privileged that I had access to the this kind of music from early age that the that the clubs in Berlin are affordable also for teenagers or were affordable at the time when I was a teenager. Um, also, I'm I know like I'm not born in Berlin, but I moved here when I was one. I went to school in Berlin. I studied in Berlin. I still live in Berlin. It's kind of like I love the city. I feel very free and calm here, and I just feel like in Berlin, like nobody really cares. This can be very can be very like you can feel very lonely if you come here for the first time because nobody cares about you but then it's really beautiful power that nobody cares because it lets you be who you are you know like in a certain way it's just like ah whatever you know this kind of like Berlin mindset yeah that's super true I never thought about the lonely side of it but that's really true I I heard that a lot and I have also felt it sometimes I also feel like this is why in the end there is like this community vibe this I mean the community is always in music because music kind of creates communities Mm. but in Berlin there's like a huge I would say like an expat community because I feel like 
Berliners are not really, or like, yeah, people that have been living in Berlin for a long time, especially from the German side who are already very reserved, they're really like not as warm and welcoming as, I don't know, people are in other cities. So I feel like, but this is a beauty that music can give these people a community and just like a caring family. Yeah. Um, with the clubs in Berlin, I mean, when I was a teenager, I remember, like, you know, like, I was like 15, 16, something like this. And I just was at a weekend club. It was a time of Tech House in Minima. And I listened to the music and I saw the people. And I was like, this is my vibe. This is my crowd. I want to I wanna be here. And I, already then I was like, I love to dance. It's just like, mm, dancing is, I don't know, my this is my essence. This is why I do this job is because I love to dance. And I've been, as a teenager, always loving that you you are for yourself and you can just be there, uh, surrounded by people that give you a welcoming feeling in the sense where you feel it has more an idea of a safer space than other places and, uh, compared to like other music genres, other places that might be more commercial. Mm. And um, I always was like, this is like there's something else going on there's a vibe you know like it's yeah. not oh i find the people have such cool clothes or the people have such cool no appearances it's more the vibe that's, that was created where i was like i was smitten so i had to then i was also digging the music because then kind of like it gives you access to listening to the songs and at the time it was really hard to find songs because you had to ask the dj or you had to record them and then ask around you know on threads and Nowadays you have Shazam, but this, at the time there was no Shazam, so you had to go by the labels and you had to find the cool labels and you had to, once you identified the DJs and the songs that you liked, I was obsessed with going to see the DJs perform wherever. Like I went for like, well, if the DJ is there, I will be there. And then you start getting to know your friends. Then I was doing for a time other music. So I was withdrawing myself from the electronic music scene. I was more like an artsy club scene. I was like, Kamaxali, there was like a Habitsi that was really nice. So there was a lot of alternative artsy music. Then there was Scala where Peaches was performing. That was really cool. Then it was King Size and Cookies, but Cookies before it was rebuilt on the inside. So there was always like Deep House and Hip Hop Floor. So there was like different music genres. Uh, so I did that. And um, I mean, like, this is over 10 years ago. So. Now looking back at the club history and what it's become was really weird when I just all of a sudden went back into DJing. You know, like I always did music, but then I, I know when I was a student, I was DJing sometimes bars. Then from a bar, you play a birthday. From a birthday, they book you into like a bar club situation like this. So it's evolving. Then I met um, Philip and Max from Life from Earth. Then they introduced me to the label. Then Anna, who I was DJing with, went to New York and all of a sudden I had to DJ by myself. And then Jigula was born, you know, like this. And all of a sudden I was back in this, this, all of a sudden to me, the first time I realized it's this kind of business techno vibe. So there's like this, that the Berlin has become, that was like, I think these 10 years, I don't know what we're talking about, like from 2006 to 2016, something like this. Berlin had evolved into the techno capital and also the club capital. And I I saw that lots of clubs that I grew up with, they were not there anymore. The 103 club, the 103 club was gone. Also weekend was just like a corporate spot. And it was like the cookies club had closed, King Size had closed, Gala had closed, Rio had closed. I mean, like with Life From Us, we had like one shirt that's called Rest In Peace Berlin, where we put all the closed clubs of the last 10 years on a gravestone. 
uh, which is like a kind of like nostalgic vibe, you know. So people always say, well, it was better back then, but... Yeah, so what's your view on that? Uh, I, I feel like if you say things were better back then, often people confuse them with maybe I was better back then, you know? So I feel mm -hmm. like it is a natural given thing that you're aging and culture is changing. And I feel this is a sentiment that can be true. For example, if I say that back then an entry for a club was defos below 10 euros and now you end up going on a Sunday to a club and you pay 18 euros or something like this, I would say prices were better back then, you know, like, but if it really was better, I don't know, because I feel like I'm, I'm living such a short time frame to me to really form a judgment. I would have to see how the evolution is going and then I could say more objectively if it really was better. So I just try to keep open to new developments. I mean, what I can definitely say is that when you look at the history of Berlin clubs, it it changed from you could occupy any space you wanted and just let loose. And this like wild punk ass energy created the Berlin music scene in mm. some way. Mm. And then by the time like when the wall came down, 89, 90 to like now it's like, what, 10 years in the 90s, 10 years in the early 2000s, and now 10 years, it's like 30 years of Berlin club music, I would say, wow, we don't have any spaces anymore. It's the hardest. Um, I, you know, like when I was a teenager, we would just went to Teufelsberg and went to an open air. Now doing an open air is a nightmare. You know, there's police, and there's this, and then there's that, and then you have an alcoholgenehmigung, you know, all this bureaucracy words that end up in noun plus noun plus noun plus noun. So... Berlin has become a big cock block, honestly, in terms of like being creative when it comes to spaces and having parties. And I feel like especially if you're young and you have this creative energy and you want to celebrate that with your friends and you defos don't have money. So mm. if it's really and then they have like, OK, but you can use this space right now because we're turning it in. <laughs> in a big co-working space someday and but now if you want to have a party please pay five thousand euros and be like yo i'm just like i don't know i'm 21 what do you expect of me i have this will be my first party so i feel like the punk energy mm. has definitely decreased and also i feel like with internet had ha has had an influence on what clubs and club experience should be you know like all the reels about the techno that the like the, the harness and black clothes thing I feel like when I was young, I was more liberated. So there was not this one idea of techno, what it has to look like. But then at this time, it was definitely an idea what it has to sound like. Because I feel like in the 80s and 90s, there were no genres. And then music genres started to evolve. And then there was like, a, and then people started separating hip-hop from techno, techno from house, acid techno, trance, you know, like all the separation, yeah. which was important I mean, also in pop culture, and there was like skater and, and so on and so far, um, to form an identity as a teenager mm. and to get access to your peer group. Now you have a different way of getting access to people that have maybe the m same mindset. And on the same side, you're mixing up everything uh, because you see everything. Like internet gives you inf access to information all the time. You know, you see emo next to skater, next to techno, next to hip-hop, next to... And this makes a weird remix of what has been there are subcultures. Mm. So I feel like the the idea of a genre and the limits of a genre um, has broken open, uh, which is bad or good, I don't know. Depends on people that come from the conservership. 
I think it's really hard if you lose your community and your identity in that sense and you kind of want to conserve it. Mm. But also it gives a new playfulness and I feel it's very like zeitgeisty in, in that sense that it breaks open. So I feel like mm. this has changed in Berlin, but then you have to... You have kind of like the techno cliche when it comes to outfits. The prices have increased. Obviously, the prices have increased because the rents are catastrophe. And also for clubs, it's really hard to maintain the prices that they used to mm. because then as a private investor buying this, doing that. So, and it takes away lots of fun for the community. On the other hand, I feel like the government has acknowledged that clubs are part of the culture and at least um, in 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 like compared to other cities in Germany, for example, Munich and Berlin, they really make an effort to support the club community, um, also in COVID. So I feel like it's good that it has been acknowledged, but then I feel like it would be nicer if there was easier access to spaces yeah, like they used to. Yeah, definitely. And like me as a person coming fr from abroad... When did abroad, you come here? Uh, Uh, 2018, late. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it hasn't been long, soon four, four years. Oh yeah, two years of no clubs at all. Exactly, and I still <laughs> stayed. <laughs> But um, just exactly what you spoke about, that you can be like, uh, you can feel very much like no one is watching you or judging you. But also um, the same, like it's so free in many ways if you come from abroad, even though it's been so much. Yeah, I mean, just like, I mean... Uh, Structured it's like a, it's a blessing that mm. there's no there's no closing time you know like there's yeah. not okay but at four like i don't know always when i'm in uk of course people are drunk at six because they go home at one you know exactly yeah, yeah. kind of makes sense uh, to me it makes sense that the after work drink was invented in the uk because <laughs> that they have a very short time frame of getting drunk and going to a party whereas i feel like also in berlin you know like you have the sperrstunde this is like the one hour of closing in the south of germany so even if you have a nice party going on, you have to get a special license. I don't know if you even if there even exists a special license because most clubs have to close at six, but then they can open at seven again. Oh, really? Yeah, but in Berlin, you can just go go the whole time. And I feel like this is an essential freedom to create this stream of letting go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely... It's always irritating when I'm somewhere else. And now that I got more and more international bookings, I'm always surprised by by how, how amazing it actually is that in Berlin the clubs stay open, you know? Yeah. It's like such a thing that I take for granted, but it's mm. actually not. And I'm very happy that people make the effort also to to open a club for that long time. Yeah. People are working night shifts and everything. Exactly. And speaking of, I know you had this merch also with like drug-free body yes. and this. And what's your... When we speak about this, that it's so liberated in the in the in Berlin, and you can do you can stay for long hours, but it also takes a lot from a DJ to be in this free space, yes. like that's your workspace. What's your view on like I balance mean, within this? I mean, so um, I feel you know when I DJ, what is my DJ set length? It's two hours, it's one hour, three hours, four hours, five hours. So I don't have to be there the whole night. I'm always sorry for the promoters, you know, like they organize the party. They they are like the, the parent of the party. So they stay around. 
So um, it really depends on the time when I'm playing, but I just like, sometimes it happens that I just go to bed and then I wake up and do my set from seven to nine or something like this. Mm. So I try to also, I I respect people coming there to seem to, to, to have a nice experience during the night. So I try to be respectful with the expectations. So I try not to 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 not like not be in the best form when I DJ. And this is often something that goes along with consumption. Um so I try to be very conscious about the music that I play. Um I try to not drink too much alcohol and I try to get my sleep because I feel as just like I see the DJ is not like the pop star. People don't come to see me. I mean it's nice if I people like the way I DJ. Mm. So it's I feel like I do like a guided stream of music, whereas the VJ is doing the light, whereas the promoter is doing the overall concept, and then you have the club and the bar and everything, and everything together creates a beautiful night. But I feel like as as an integral part of that joint venture of, of a nice night, I have to be at my best. So I try to like care for my health and also when I'm touring you know like I like to come early to listen a bit of like what the night sounds like so I get an idea also I like to dance and then depending on if I mean like if it's like the last gig maybe then I can stay a little longer of a weekend but otherwise I try to not stay for too long so I'll I can reproduce the same energy or like mm. be at my best for the next show the other day okay but when you go enter like parties without working mm-hmm. who are you then at the party you just oh, say i'm just a definitely dancer. the dancer exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm a raver <laughs> like front row yeah i'm just i don't need to be like i just i love to be in the middle of people I, i'm a browser girl so there's like two things like i love to just <clears throat> soak the energy look around and be with people and then dance a little bit with people and just forget myself in emotion i just I love rhythm and I love sound. I love dancing and I love dancing with people and being surrounded by dancing people. And I just always try to listen to my body. So when I feel tired and I want to go, then there's like nothing that keeps me at a party. Mm. Nothing. You don't have the fear of missing out. No. Maybe no. No, I don't have this. I just feel. I like think that's what makes you also like. I think the people who stay for longer periods in Berlin, they can't. But then on the other hand, define longer. It's it's like, you know, like sometimes you just want to be out for a long time because it feels good. But I feel like just like the first check-in, does it feel good for me? And yes, Mm -hmm. then I stay longer, then I just dance, then I have a little drink or something. But if I feel like, oh, I'm tired and my body is aching and even the music is good and the people are nice and the vibe is great. It's just, I, I know it's better that I go home. Maybe this is also my thorough, serious ass that's coming through. I don't know. But it's just like that. But um, I sometimes really need this, that when I DJ a lot, I sometimes need to be a dancer again. So I try, like, every once in a while, some like, often I go with MCRT just on a Sunday to work. And it's, it sounds like a cliche, but the Sunday evening is actually a day that I am in Berlin again, you know? So this is when I come back home and we both are home so we can actually make it on a Sunday and then just like lose myself on a dance floor. That's really like something. I feel like if I stop being a dancer, I will stop being a DJ. Yeah, okay, they're so connected. Yeah, because I I like I need to know what it feels like to be a dancer to cater to the needs of a dancer. And also mm-hmm. ironically enough, I really don't dance when I DJ. 
No? No, because I'm so focused. I'm always like, <laughs> I do this with my foot because this is, I feel like I learned how to play the piano when I was a kid and you only also do it with the foot. So when I DJ do the foot, but I'm very like, you know, there's very people that just by the performance and the movement of the body can engage people to dance. I just like, you know, I don't like lights on the stage. I just like to be behind the music and just work the rhythm and the sound and just doing like neat mixing and focus on the stream. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm really like, I uh, after the DJ set and before, I dance. But during, I don't really like over-exaggerate my body movement. I know. But it can happen that I DJ and then MCRT is DJing and we're having a little live from Earth Club Night and then I dance on the booth for the next five hours. So this can happen, you know, but like not during. So you are also a person who loves to, like it's obvious in the way you also speak about your colleagues, mm -hmm. that you love to lift other other producers and, and DJs. And this whole, like, you you were speaking about that you love to do B2B together with a friend yeah. and all these things. What's important for you when choosing who to collaborate with? Oh, it's... Um, so basically this is the first time I'm ever producing like a s solo EP. I did one solo track before that I contributed to the, um, Ukraine support compilation by her radio. But I feel like first of all, because I come from DJing, there's people that come from producing and become DJs. I come from DJing and got into producing. So first of all, I feel like I have to learn the skill of producing. So it takes time. And then it's nice to be supported by friends and collaborate with more experienced producers. That's like one thing. And I have a million thoughts always in my mind. And I feel like when I have a vibe with a person, I can and we can we share the same ideas of music. It's beautiful to sit together in a studio. And I feel like being in a studio, it's kind of when you're on your own, you always doubt yourself. Is this good enough? Is this is this does the sound right? What do I do here? Should I do it longer? What do I do in the chorus? Is the vocal really necessary you know like this but you always you never kind of finish because you're always like mm, and maybe i should mm, maybe i let it sit do something else and you're like hmm, but maybe this and then you start again i feel like when you're collaborating with someone you have the power of the dialogue so you both sit there and you can ask each other what do you think how do you feel and i feel like if you have the same idea of music and a certain vision what you want to achieve by creating music this can be actually very beautiful in in the end creating like um and a, a unique tune so that's i actually love collaborating but then i also uh just like wanted to explore what it feels like to work on myself also to position myself as the producer like what is my my sound apart from the mixes i do so i wanted to like because i know with the records i did with kevin i was doing vocals also and so a lot of people assume that i always do like spanish vocals But then I wanted to show, no, I actually love rhythm. It was really dancing. beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Also, like, I'm very happy that Kevin and me kind of, like, got to know each other and worked on these records because he's, like, one of the most gifted producers I've ever met. So also he taught me a lot about production and he en he encouraged me to actually sing because I was looking forever for, like, a vocal sample because I wanted to do, like, something that is trans but on a breakbeat and I wanted to work with a Spanish vocal sample because I feel like at this time... There was not really nice Spanish vocal samples, only in the cliche way of tech house and you have a little guitar moment, you know, like an Ibiza vibe. But I wanted to have like mm, something crisp, something nice, something a bit 
bring something new to the yeah, table. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, just sing something yourself and write. And I was like, no, don't sing. No. But then uh, we just did Poppy into ours. I just like wrote down something, sang it, and then this was nice. So we worked on Sueño. Then I invited my friend uh, Pere Munda, who I've been friends with forever, and we always been sharing vocals and poems, and. Then the three of us worked on the Noisa More EP, and this was also a beautiful collaboration. So I'm really thankful that we stretched this out and I could explore what vocal, actually how this feels like, if this is comfortable for me, what my voice can do, how you add a certain... Because I feel like every instrument is reproducible, but the voice one individual has is just unique. So even if, I don't know, you do an acid track, but you put your voice on it, it kind of changes the theme because it adds this personality of you to the track so yeah but then mm-hmm. you know like coming from this I was like I really want to like work around what uh, if I condense my DJ set into an EP this would be like the sound that's what I wanted oh, to yeah. achieve with the EP I do and also when I work in music in general it's more like what is can I add something new to what is existing mm. instead of mm reproducing something that is already out there yeah because you can always cater to trends by reproducing the trending sound Mm. but i feel for me i find this quite boring and also i find this already puts you in a box that i don't want to be in i'm more interested in remixing and you know like reworking things and putting things in new perspective i like this in fashion i like this in knowledge i like this in music this is kind of my vibe the the, i don't know the browse and remix kind of vibe so also the music that is on the p is kind of like weird hybrid of different genres yeah Yeah. um on one of your her sets someone commented that uh, welcome to the future of electronic music. Gigola and Partyboy69 are among the founders of New Sound. Yeah. <laughs> this is very <laughs> flattering. But What's your like, view on that? Yeah. Um, so to call myself a founder of New Music, I don't think so. Um, I, I just like, I feel happy that people have a, have a perspective on the sound that I'm creating and the DJ sets that I'm doing. I remember when I was starting as Gigolo in 2016, I got a lot of shit for just like playing my mind, you know, like doing more pop music, doing especially, I was playing a lot of trance and like old Love Parade tunes and everybody was like, you cannot play this in a techno set. For From this perspective, I feel like... How, did you care about that? or did No, because I never wanted to... Like, I never planned to be a successful DJ. You know, like, I just enjoyed being with my friends and just having fun. Mm. So the idea to just let go and have fun and just open your mind to the music you like because, yeah, you can have a knowledge about music, but then you can also have a knowledge about pop music and kind of fusing these two things and trying to recontextualize what was there and also try to break open like like weird limited thoughts on what genres are supposed to be what a music set has to be what mm. a dj from a certain hmm needs to be i was like yeah you know like i'm i'm not trying to be the next big techno star i'm just like i'm just having fun with my friends Doing i'm enjoying the freedom <laughs> yeah so, you know like with life from us there was uh, my family that was like encouraging me to like just go on and do this and I would say, like, from this aspect that has been become more and more popular, I mean, like, when I was young, like, back then I was looking forever to find nice, like, millennial R&B remixes on techno, and now every new song is a millennial R&B song on techno, just 
just take any that was, I mean, like, let me blow your mind and put it on a techno and you have a cool trending song, you know? But back then, it was really weird. I was, I was because I was also like, well, sometime I was also an R&B DJ, so I had lots of like records from this area and sometimes in my DJ sets, I tried to mix in just like Nelly Hot in here or something and do like 15 minutes of just straight hip hop and then go back to techno because I liked this and also felt like coming from a, B-girl breakdance background. I love the broken beats. I love the ghetto tech. So for me, it was always music was way more open than just like this. And I feel like within the past, now it's 2016, the first gig as Jigola is like six years. Music has become incredibly open also in the techno business scene or like in the electronic music business scene. If you look at it from like, what is like, who gets booked, what's the music that is played at the big events. So it's no news that people are playing Meteor at the Love Parade. But if you played it in 2016, you were just like, ah, oh, you have no taste in music, you know? And now it's just like, and I, I love that this is the development and I love that people have opened their minds. So at this point, I feel like maybe at this point I represent something that has been going on as a figure or like in the way my sets are, constructed but this is nothing that there is like no founding of new electronic music i feel like at the moment you can't really tell you know mm. just maybe in 100 years you will know who influenced this yeah but exactly. i so i would step away from saying that i'm a founder but i feel like the style i do as a dj what i seek as a persona the the remixing is just like very very zeitgeist of like oh very representative of a of a gen z maybe and that's why it, I'm successful or something like this. Yeah. Boom. Boom. <laughs> um, you're speaking a lot about that. It's it. My reading into it is that it's sometimes people are a little bit close-minded or like proud uh, on or insecurities as well, I guess, somehow. Like you can, this is right and this is wrong within creation. Um is that something you it's you you are saying that it's changing but what are more things that you'd like to see changing within the industry um more queer and and flinter people on the lineups for sure more poc people on the lineups i would love to see that changing so basically the the structure that has been created throughout the past years has been very straight cis male dominated at some point it's already changing but there is ah oh, there is big gaps yeah yeah there's there's room there's room for developments and i often feel blessed that i have my label which is like my family of friends you know it's like michelle my booker and it's jj mcrt and it's lawrence and then there's Moritz, you know, like we have like a big family also with Alyssa and Clarice and Peraimunda Claudio and Kevin and everyone. And I feel like often as an artist, especially if you start putting your work up for sale, you know, like let it be the DJ set, let it be the music you create. Mm. When you start to live on the stuff you create, you kind of get like an existential moment to your creativity, which sometimes can be a burden in cre in, in like free creation flow and also um, can comes in with great insecurities because you know like when I don't know when you want to do a career in a hospital you know you have to do this many surgeries this many hours in the one you have to do this and this and this and you have to do this this and then you do a big test and then 
can you you get the next level and you get a bigger payment and this is, makes your i don't know hospital career whereas mm -hmm. in a creative career there is like no rules for a creative career it's not the instagram it's not the music it's just like a weird like a weird mix of kairos like lucky incident and also a good network maybe and also talent but also like nothing comes for free like there is hard mm. work going on everywhere and still you can be hard working but not really being successful mm. so i feel like then there are crucial points in your career it's about what lineups do you play do you can do, do you want to work with people that you actually don't feel but maybe the slot is nice but you're so replaced you know like all these doubts what is like a good step in terms of career making and it's coming the management, but does the management really care for you? Or do they only care for the share that they get off your fee? And then as booking and so on and so far. And I always felt blessed when that I had a family that gave me the support that I'm not alone. And I often feel like the family meaning the label. label yeah. Yes, I often feel like this is the thing that I would like to change. That DJs instead of being competitive with each other would open up more dialogue and be more supportive because I feel there's. There's actually space for everyone if it's like, because if you seek to create your unique sound and not try to reproduce something that's out there, then this is something fresh and new. And if this kind of resonates with an audience, because I don't, you know, like the fans that come, there's people that come to a party, yes, but then if you do music and it resonates with people, you create your own fan family kind of, or like people that come to see you. I feel like there's space for everyone. Nobody takes somebody else's fans, you know? Like, you create your own audience, so mm -hmm. why be so competitive? Just open up about insecurities, mm -hmm. be supportive, and especially in a city in Berlin, yeah, we need to be supportive yeah. when it comes to collectives and people artists. Who are yeah, because otherwise we can't conserve what the city actually offers mm. in terms of music. So we need, like, a joint force. Yeah, for sure. All right. Wow. Mm. Thank you so much. And now we're moving into the extra material already. Yes. But then we come back into the... the you want to do the bag, right? You just want to yeah, do the bag. I just want to see what's in the freaking bag. Yeah, it's very tempting. It's like a laundry machine. Now we have come to the part of the podcast where if you're a Patreon, you'll get to join in for the masterclass where we get to hear DJ Chicola's secrets, what she wished she knew before entering the scene and the best investments in her studio, amongst much more. Support what we do and join in on the extra material by going to patreon.com slash playful magazine. It's either this or it's that. This is this or that. So I have very few this or that questions. Mm -hmm. And then you say either this one or, or the other. Uh, okay. Can be both, can be none, but preferably it's one of them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, CBD or THC? None. None. I uh, don't do I don't do marijuana. Mm -mm. No, and no CBD. No, nothing. Uh, mm -mm. That was uh, not, this is 100% nothing I'm doing. Mm -mm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Okay. Never again high-end second-hand fashion or never again cocktails? What? <laughs> <laughs> like never again watching or purchasing any high-end second-hand. I only live off high-end second-hand clothes, but also, I mean, like I, I love hard liquor more than I like cocktails. So. All right, so easy. Yeah, I, I'm not into cocktails. Like, okay. I like. Uh, you I don't like cocktails? I like cocktails, but I like second-hand fashion more. Yeah. <laughs> and I can still have it with my Hennessy, so it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can drink your brandy. And yeah, yeah, just like that. <laughs> Perfect. Or like some cute mezcalito. 
Bahamas or New York? It really depends on the mood, you know, like I'm a city girl, so I need some city vibe. But then because I am in a city, I kind of love to be close to the ocean. I would say ocean before any city. I love the ocean. Bahamas, close to the ocean. Yeah. Uh, yoga or gym? Uh, yoga, I don't, I, I, I have difficulty. You know, like I was, when I was a teenager, I did like really excessive sports with like German championship shit and I I never got into why people just do this to like oh look at my biceps you know like I like to train my body in terms like to achieve some sport goal like to be more flexible or to be faster but just like to look better and grow big butt or like grow firm arms just I never got into this vibe so I'd say yoga probably before gym but then running before anything yeah uh, sex or making out? Sex. <laughs> Bo, moving on again. Now we're coming to assumptions. <laughs> this was way too fast, right? <laughs> sex. <laughs> no, but it's good. You know what you want. Yeah. That's showing also personality, you know? Like, yes. there's no no need to think about that. Yeah, I'm very, I, I feel like I have a very good relationship with my myself, with yeah? my wants and needs. And Amazing. Who I am. Mm-hmm. It seems like. She wants sex. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here are some assumptions we got from you through like social media and various. Oh. No, I'm really interested because I yeah. always wonder what people think of me when they don't know me. Yes, um, you simply never get sick. Uh, that's not true. So I had one gig where I, because I'm vegetarian, I used to be vegan. I had a strong iron deficiency, which I didn't notice. So I fainted at one airport. I couldn't get up the floor and I had to cancel the gig and I felt very shit about it until it turned out that I had iron deficiency. So what I didn't is that? That is when you have a lack of iron that is um, that is important for the oxygen oxygenation of the cells. So you have a lack of oxygen and uh, an overall decrease in red blood pellets. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You say it like erythrocytes, like this. So yeah, this I sometimes get sick. Yes. Oh. Also, if I overdo it, I get sick. But you look very healthy, though. (laughs) Yeah, it's summer. I always look healthy in summer. Wait for winter. I don't like winter so much. (laughs) No, uh, me neither. Yeah, sometimes get sick. Can be rough. Okay. Okay. And also I had this weird ass laryngitis just like some time ago where I was really sick. I closed the hospital because everything was swollen here so I could not really breathe. Oh. So, um, this was also a bit shit. Yeah. All right. So that one is not true. But you're a high achiever even on the yoga class. I'm a high achiever, yeah. I Everywhere. do. I feel like I feel this is I, I commit myself to yeah. things. I'm very thorough. So when I commit myself to yoga, it's not that I want to have the best posture, but I give in 100% of myself into what I'm doing. Otherwise, it does not feel real, you know, like yeah. it doesn't feel like a real experience. Where did you get that from? Like a parent or just born with it? <laughs> That's a good question. What is socialization? What is like genetics? Mm. I feel. I, and sometimes I feel it's because I'm so curious that I need to soak it completely in to understand it. Mm. I feel this is kind of my drive. Like I love to 
get completely into something to understand it. I can sometimes I think maybe it's because I have a layer of anxiety in me that if things remain unexplained, it kind of tackles like a rudimental form of anxiety. I don't know, but I would say probably because I'm very curious. I just high achiever is not. It's like the side effect of going all in. You know. Yeah. So I would never say I want to do this because I want to be the best. I would rather say I can only do this if I'm 100% committed. Mm. That's like the mindset. Okay. Um, you either go out to a lot of restaurants, but when not, you order a lot of takeaway. I hardly, I never order takeaway. No? Never. First of all, uh, it's just like, I like to, like, I hate, like, I, I like walking around. So I like walking to a restaurant. Then I like dressing up for a restaurant. Then I like to have things on a proper plate and not in like a box or something. And then when I have takeaway, I would say like, then I could just cook it myself at home. All right. No? Look at this. I'm failing completely. <laughs> <laughs> Three left. Okay. Within your group of friends, you're the only academic one. And that's because you just don't vibe as well with academic people. Uh, so um, you mean like academic in terms of people have a graduation from uni? No, I actually have lots of friends with graduation from uni. I think like I have this weird friend circle where there is like the people that have mutual interests like me. They both are like academia interests, but then they have like a creative interest and they have like jobs that came from either or. So I feel like this. But then also mostly I just like see if I get to know a person, I vibe with that person. And then I just like I find out what they do, you know, like I am. Um, I would say like to people that, you know, I, st- I studied, um, lots of my friends that I studied with, they have like very exhausting jobs. So it's really hard to see them as often as my creative friends, because I have a job where I'm never there on the weekend, but during the week and my friends from uni, they have a job where they're never there during the week because mm. they're all the day working and then they're there on the weekend. So for me, it's really hard to find a rhythm. So it's nicer if I have self-employed friends like me. Because it's easier to find a time to meet. It's like this. For sure, yeah. Probably. This maybe because I have more creative friends on my social media. Because it's so hard to meet my, my yeah, friends from uni. Yeah. Fail again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you fall in love, it's the the thing that makes you fall in love is the person's voice. Ooh. Um, this is. I think it's it's one part of falling in love. But there's like lots of things. It's really, I mean, if I if I knew what it takes for to, for a person that I fall in love with that person, it would be so easy to find a partner, you know. It's not so voice driven then. It's like it's voice, but it's like smell. It's like I like teeth also. It's like it's an over. I always like what I, I think I like most in people is understatement. You like teeth. Yeah, like, I know, I have problems <laughs> if teeth are not, like... Oh, right, all right, okay, okay. I need, like, sexy teeth, you know, like... <laughs> that would be a better one, you fall in love with... But voice is also important, but I think most important if people have a certain understatement and a passion. Mm. So if there's, like, they have... The, the, I think it brings some spirit. I don't care if it's Czech or if it's cars or if it's trains or if it's music. Yeah. As long as people are passionate about something, this is something I, I can fall in love with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's very hot. Um, when people offend you, you simply mute them and forgive them inside of your head, and then you pick up the phone again like nothing happened. 
Uh, so this sounds very Aquarius type shit, you know, just mute him, cut him out. So I, I actually, I, I'm not afraid of speaking my mind or saying the truth. I actually feel often in adult life we get in conflict because of mis, misunderstandings. So I feel like if you don't address what's on your mind, you just try to you just start distorting the person as the person is because you never know if this is the truth, if this is the purpose why they acted like this, or you know, or the person won't know that you're angry because they did something that they maybe don't know you because of some I don't know experience you had in the past, react in this way to. So I often feel like I when I look around, I see like so many people wasting time not talking to each other. So I often I feel like I speak my mind too early and too soon, you know? Sometimes like I open up too quickly. But then I feel like if there's a way where we will never dissolve uh, our communication problems in general, which is not actually bound to one issue, but if issues are reoccurring and it can only be by communication problems, then I probably I respect the person, but I don't need to be on a frequent. I don't need to see the person frequently. Like All right. This. Okay, so I think I failed on, <laughs> on everyone, but there's one left. And this one I have big hopes for. <laughs> um, sometimes you microdose mushrooms and you don't really see that as a drug as it's not chemical. Um, everything is chemical, so I don't microdose mushrooms often. <laughs> Often, but it happens. I mean, I tried mushrooms. Okay, but not. But mu- also because I'm very. This is also the cu- curious part. I I just, I just believe that there is a certain social construct about substances we consume, and this has also like an, had an introduction into society because there's, a, for example, because there's an understanding of alcohol that is and nicotine that this is okay. It does not. It does not show that other drugs are less or more harmful. But there's like a stigma that comes to drugs. Whereas I feel everything can be very poisonous and dangerous for the body, as can be sugar, as can be this. I don't want to put heroin in a, on the same level as sugar, for example. But I want to open up the mind and about the conscious behavior throughout anything we consume. I would rather put anything onto like maybe you explore what you're just putting into your body because I feel like. If you love yourself and you love your body and you appreciate the beauty of just being healthy and being able to move, if you're blessed by just like health and being able to move, then you should be just cautious about what you consume. And this can be drugs, this can be food, this can be like anything. And in this way, I feel like I could never just microdose mushrooms and be like, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I also like, I'm conscious about what, what nourishes me. Mm. And this is also mushrooms can be nourishing and can be good for someone. But I would always, it's like the same way, you know, like when we talked about staying in a club for a long time, does it feel good for me? What does it for me? And I need to like, I really think that it's important to take care of your body mm. because you just have this one body and it's like something without your body. This is like your antenna to the world. You know, you can touch people, you, you, you get a sense of what the world is like. And if you don't care for what you got as a body, I feel like you lose the connection to the world and I would not love to miss this. Boom, dot. Boom. Boom. <laughs> 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 you care for your body, bitch? <laughs> that, was, that was such an ending. <laughs> what is the, the red 
thingy you have on your bag. So uh, just first of all, it's like the dice bag ready or it's vintage. It's from the millennial times when I was a teenager and Galliano was doing Dior. Oh, like this? Yeah, perfect. You, you uh, got it as a teenager? No. No, no, no. Because no. I didn't get it. I feel like my obsession with collecting vintage stuff is first of all, the quality was better. It's like the like I don't know, like iPhones or any technical stuff that comes from the early two thousands. They were designed to like remain, whereas nowadays things are designed to dissolve and be replaced. Mm. So this bag, uh, but I bought lots of like Dior's and Fendi's, but it was really cheap. They were all below a hundred euros, you know. What? But then it changed, like with Kardashian wearing some, also Gucci or something like this was so cheap. So, and then over the years, I just created my little wardrobe. So I wanted to bring her out today. She's cute. She has a little dyes. I mean, you can see that she's used, she's missing some rhinestone, but I think she's still sparkly and beautiful. Um, this is like a little corn I got from my trip to Mexico. Like a, beat, like a beaded corn. Yeah. I yeah. like to put like little, little stuff. What, like what do you call them? Tangly yeah. accessories on that's like attached on the bag. Also, I find it... This is like something very, um, very childish to have. And I like to combine this with something very designer stuff, you know, like because it kind of like breaks open the seriousness of expensive fashion and design. <laughs> yeah. so I kind of like to vibe with that. And this is like, it reminds me of Mexico, which is one of the most beautiful countries and has one of the richest cultures ever. And I spent there uh, two months this year and I took mm. this with me because I also felt like when I'm, when I'm spending time abroad and I take such a long distance flight, I'm going to stay a little bit and I see what it's all about. And this I got from the club commission in Berlin. When I was doing, there was a the Tag der Clubkultur. I just say what it is. Oh yeah, it's it's a it says like, the vaccination protects culture. Yeah. Like uh, do you call them a... It's uh, a button. A button, yeah. yeah, yeah. A button. So uh, this, uh, it's like a, the Berlin vaccination campaign covid mm. i kind of have this with me because it reminds me of the club commission also is a good reminder that nothing is for granted you know like especially in my job i feel very uh, lucky to be back at working and the school so this kind of like it's like it's like the gg to the back okay mm. now we're gonna open it it's like unboxing uh, yeah it, it's i'm very curious Okay, so... I was expecting, like, marshmallows. Ah, no. <laughs> so this is the phone. Yeah. My sister gifted me this little DJ Gigola chain for Christmas. What cute. Did she make it? Yeah, she has also the same with her name, uh, with her nickname. So I always feel I love my family. I have three siblings. I love my parents, my siblings. They're very dear to me. So it's always good to have her around me somehow in the energy. Mm. And it's always cute because then I can't lose it because it says DJ Gigola. So they exactly. know who they have to return it to. So, and also, like, the, the case, it's not really special. I just drop my phone all the time. Oh. So this is, like, the best protection case I could get. <laughs> then um, I'm having a little scooter. So this is, like, my... my all right. Case. I hate going by bike. Usually I go jogging or walking. So I, like, I just like to walk long distances. But sometimes in summer, if I'm in a hurry or if I have to go very far away, I take my scooter. That I've been having for 10 years. I don't have a car or something like this. No. Nope. But I have a driver's license. Yes. Yes. Not everyone in the city does. Yeah. This is my old school headphones. I don't really get the the, ear, the earpod thing. So I'm having these old school ones. I mean, it's like a little bit of a mess, but... The cable ones. Yeah, I have the cable ones. 
it's vintage. <laughs> it's vin- just like the bag. I mean, I know what happens if I have e- earpods. I'm gonna lose one. And yeah, then, I so mean, annoying. Like, and then you need like the cable again. So I just like I, I just keep them. Also, they're so expensive. I was mm-hmm. surprised when I saw how much like earpods cost. So this and if you buy, you cannot buy one. You need to buy them in pair. Yeah, this is like oh, this is one of my favorite sunglasses. Ray Ban, is it? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. Raven, but it's like, I mean, it's like not the the normal ones. No, it's like if I wear them, you see this. I kind of feel like it gives me. First of all, it's good because it really protects against light if you're really hungover. But then there is like some 2007 yeah. momentum to them where you look like a silly ass manager, you know, with yeah. like some smotic energy and you're going somewhere. I you can like just open up the limousine to someone. Yeah, I kind of, but I kind of liked how or they even. changed me and the character yeah. with the glasses. So they have been around always and everywhere. And I love that even if you have the most glamorous outfit on, it kind of tones it down to like some silly ass moment. I have not seen them before. Oh, they're so so nice. And also, it's important that they are then Rayban because Rayban is like also a very popular brand. It's a very like, I think uh, uh, like lots of people were Rayban that don't really go deep into fashion, but still yeah, exactly. Rayban is a very high quality product. And these glasses, they are like you know, this is the glasses you could buy fake in Greece in two thousand six. And now ah. I'll bring the real one back in and like I'm vibing. <laughs> I love these glasses. I lost one pair and I was happy that I found another one. I don't know, like, where did I lose it? I can go. Some after <laughs> But vintage, I guess, then. Uh, no, they were, like, they. I bought them, like, two, like, they are from two years ago. Oh, new ones? Yeah. I don't know if they are, like, I think you can still get them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this, love. Mm-hmm. Then, um, this is, yeah. My so many cards. Yeah, like, yeah, this is, like, all, like, the, the barn card is important stuff like this museum card like this kind of stuff it looks really dirty because I really don't care yeah I just like love not to lose still it still Prada <laughs> yeah it's like uh, Prada used to be my favorite brand mm. Who, which one is it now? it's like difficult because I loved Prada was a very silly fashion approach it's very intellectual and silly mutual Prada never, like always had like a little smirk to the collection and now that Ralph Simon started co-designing it's become very serious architectural and it kind of misses like the fun stuff so for me it's kind of like changed a little bit of the spirit i mean right now i'm basically because i'm i don't know if because i'm touring so much or so i'm i'm not really buying so much secondhand anymore like investing in stuff i really love tom ford for gucci vibes i feel like the minimalism is having a comeback soon uh, these pants i'm wearing are by Johannes. he's like a friend designer of me and he's doing amazing designs so i kind of like to support friends when i just now buy fashion and speaking of supporting friends is another product case. <laughs> <laughs> so but this is like uh this is like a bum bag but yeah, a wallet it's like this. so when it's like it's always with me when i'm djing because this is like my dj bag so it's nice. I have vinyl at home. You get very strong hand wearing yeah. it. It's like a, a weight. Yeah, also, I wanted to wear it like this, so it looks like yeah, Lindsay that's Lohan, actually really you know, cute. Like when she was like wearing the alcohol tracer, <laughs> but then I needed something where I can put my USBs in. So this is my USB bag. So even if I have vinyl and I buy vinyl because some tracks, especially Hardgroove from 2000, I can't find online. But then I just record it. I change it a little bit in Ableton. I don't know, like to in in increase the kick moment mm-hmm. and then i just put it on my usb because traveling if you have three gigs in a row and you always smell like nicotine of a club it's actually hand luggage is not so much so it's actually nice to have everything condensed on the usb and this is my main usb no this is my main usb this is my 
my my my replacement USB and this is my weapon USB. This is my R&B USB. If I do a long-term R&B, so it has like 1,000 hip-hop R&B tunes on it. Oh. And like some <laughs> 80s and some White House music. So this is special one. This is... Um, and, and on the, the one you use regularly, yeah. you have balloons, a yeah. sticker of no, balloons. The thing is like... Okay, I lost this one when I was raving at Blitz Club when we had live from Earth Club Night. I just I lost it when I was dancing on the booth, you know? So uh, they never had like this thing. My label gifted me these. All oh, right. Burning cop car. Mm. So I lost this. Then I was DJing in Vienna and I was DJing with this one, but because it was a replacement one, it didn't have a sticker, didn't say anything, it didn't have this thing. Then I took it out, but I realized, I did, and, and the next night when I was playing in France, that I didn't take my stick, but somebody else's, because they had the exact same stick. So really? I, had, I didn't have my main stick. I didn't have this one. I just had a replacement stick. And from that day on, I was like, I can never, ever have this situation again. Because then I was uh, supposed to play with JJ back to back. I had to put like delete one of these uh, replacement USBs new music and the moment i entered and i played the opening track it went into emergency loop i was like i'm done yeah and then i had to put like new music on the stick while he was doing the first tunes when we were djing was insane so now a day around my <laughs> neck i'm collected they go back in the back and um this is something lawrence from the label did for me um this is important oh are we having a little moment babe <laughs> so this also reads cj gigolo and has a little heart on it and he also oh. made it like this, so I can I can I cannot really lose it. So this is nice. DJ Gigola Essentials, and with the essentials come this thing. Uh, this is something I had made. I mean, it, I have put it often in my story. It works like this. So it looks like the outer ear, mm -hmm. like this, and like this, and then it just filters out frequencies. And if you feel like you only have one hearing, and you have to protect it, most people have these ones in see through. But because I drop everything. I just needed something that's like protecting, oh, yeah. protecting me from drops. And also in a club, it's really dark. If you have something see-through or black, you will never find it on the floor. So I had these yellow ones made. So this is like my club essential pack. It's only missing my headphones. But since I'm not DJing today, I didn't bring my headphones. Just like this one also. like This is what you essentially need for DJing. Headphones, maybe there are like some headphones you, you can borrow at the club. So I always have my headphones otherwise. So this is this one. Then this is my key. I found this silly ass Ibiza bottle <laughs> opener. It's a penis. Yes, yeah, <laughs> cute. It's like so silly. Everything in Ibiza is like very like cliche sexualized. So this was my takeaway from this Ibiza <laughs> merchandise. So like this. Then this is like a Life from Us cable binder binder. You say cable binder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it works like this. We had the mate at the label, which also comes in very handy with like some. Technical stuff. Also, it usually is for this one, but mm -hmm. I didn't connect them. So I have this. Wow, the big is. The I think it's very bigger. structured. Then you think, right? Yeah, so you have so many things in a tiny bag, but everything is like neat. Yeah. Love chewing gum, addicted. It's on my right. Good teeth, good breath. High on the list of. Yeah, it's also. Dates. <laughs> it's like. Also, I quit smoking. Two years ago, almost. I always had Palo, Palo Santo in the beginning, and sometimes if I cannot have shots or if I cannot drink, I need to like have something in my mouth for mm. like the uh, like I don't know the excitement, but the nervousness also when I start DJing. So having chewing gums perfect for me. Oh, yeah. oh, this is like another card that goes here. Um, for my hair. Ah, you, sometimes you I get frizzy when it's like. Uh -huh. 
Then I have, if I want to have the hair back, because also when I'm DJing, I'm sometimes getting annoyed by my hair. You're my so well prepared. This is really, I feel like. Okay, now it comes the makeup part. So this is like a bronzer. There's like just the brush for the bronzer. And this is like the last bits. Okay. I wish we could have like taken this bag and and like a person can win it. <laughs> There would be so many people competing about it. Yeah, this is a really important SPF 50. Mm. Take the skin you're in. Oh, 50. Yeah, I, I always do 50. My my body not always 50, but my face for sure. That's also mm. why my face is different shades. But today I'm wearing like eyeliner, so sometimes I just touch my face because yeah. I'm a bit, I don't know. I'm just like, I forget about stuff. I drop things yeah, yeah, yeah. and touch my face. Oh my God, I'm the same. So to do the same, the eyeliner, then I have my little perfume with me because... Even if I'm gone and I feel dirty. I will smell it yeah, again. It was really nice. Like it's like it has lots of Palo Santo in it and just like a lip balm. Which really I like nice. because it has my favorite color green. It's like this. It's it's see-through. Yeah, it's just like lip balm. Yeah. Like this. But what was your favorite? Ah, the green, green color. Yeah, green is a great color. And a condom. Oh, perfect. Because Always be prepared. Yeah, it's also like, you know, like... Um, I'm in a relationship, but I always feel like when you're out and in clubs and it's sometimes nice if you can just like give it to friends if they they want to go further with a person. It's just nice to have around because also this is like kind of the only protection for STDs. Mm. So I feel like this and this is the necessity. You are a good friend. Maintaining. Your the only thing you miss is a uh, Tampax. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> I always have random tablets <laughs> inside my bag this time. Then you co no. like covered for you and your friends and whoever. Yeah, you meet sometimes along the I way. have to. I don't know why it's not in here because I don't pack them. I usually they like they they like maybe you gave it away. Bit, yeah. <laughs> like this. So this is kind of like wow. the, the essentials. So oh my god! I do a little applaud because <laughs> this was really really nice. Thank you. Like this so. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.